Welcome to Amplify Inclusion. I'm Claire from the nonprofit Aspire. Thanks for joining us for stories and conversation about disability inclusion. In an effort to break down barriers to employment, Aspire recently teamed up with the Chicago Mayor's Office for People with Disabilities, or MOPD, and Microsoft to launch a unique mentorship program centered on careers in technology. Today we'll hear from a recent intern of MOPD, as well as two individuals currently participating in the pilot program. Our first guest is Emily Villanueva, a doctoral student in occupational therapy at Rush University Medical Center. Emily joined me to discuss findings from her recent research project on mentorship, which she completed while interning at MOPD. So Emily, let's start off just by talking a little bit about the work that you're currently doing, your role as an intern at the Mayor's Office for People with Disabilities here in Chicago. So the Mayor's Office for People with Disabilities is a um, what we call a non-traditional occupational therapy rotation site. And so that means it's not clinical, it's not hands-on, but it's more to learn about city government and what occupational therapy can do in city government. Um, So my interests are generally about accessibility and inclusion for people with all disabilities, especially in the city of Chicago, uh, because I live here and I go to school here. So that left a very broad scope for me to work under. MOPD is opening a career center this year under Deputy Commissioner Christina McGleam, and the career center will connect people with disabilities to employment pathways. And so I was working a lot under uh, Deputy Commissioner Christina McGleam to build out this employment center. Um, as well as build out the mentorship program. So some folks might not know what occupational therapy is. Could you give a brief definition of what occupational therapy is? Of course, occupational therapy is unfortunately not a very well-known field or not very well explained. And so I would say generally we help people get back to -to day-to-day tasks, Um, whether that's after an injury, someone who acquired a disability, was born with a disability. Um, We work with a ton of people. And we don't specifically just do employment services, but what we focus on is occupations. So those are your activities of daily living, instrumental activities of daily living, which would be things like cooking, pet care, things like that. And so employment really falls into this scope because when people don't have employment and they can't contribute in ways they want to, that is what we would consider occupational injustice. If someone wants to be working, we want to find a way for them to be connected to employment or find different pathways. So let's talk a little bit more about that research. Can you explain what the focus of your research has been? So in my program, we do a lot of research and we do a lot of different research projects. I am very interested in accessibility, inclusion, architectural accessibility, all of that. So that kind of leads more to the research I did on peer mentorship. As I said before, occupational injustice occurs when people who want employment aren't able to because of systematic barriers. And so My research here was more about employment and peer mentorship, which were two areas that are really lacking research. Um, There's just not a big body of literature on that. And then given that MOPD is opening up this employment center, I felt like it was a great opportunity to work on this research while I was there. Emily, when you set out to look at this question of the impact of mentorship for people with disabilities in your research, Did you have sort of an initial goal or a research question that was really centering your work and your approach? So the approach I took um, was to do a scoping review. And so I started with over a thousand articles and we only ended up with 12 that met our criteria. So basically that just shows you there's not nearly enough 
research on such a huge body of people. So the purpose of my research and kind of what initiated it was I just wanted to see how much is there out there because you don't want to do a study if there's not even a foundation for that body of literature. And then from there, future programs can kind of build on that. So it was more about seeing where do we still have to bridge the gap in literature before we can even start doing more programs. So what did you find? What, what were the biggest gaps that you noticed in terms of what's working and, and what can really be improved? The most common threads that came out were that the person with a disability wasn't having their voice heard as often. The results were about what the peer mentor got out of the program, but not enough about what the mentee, the person with a disability, got out of the program. And so that was a huge, like a glaring barrier there. They recommended frequent check-ins, practicing actual job skills, and providing disability training to the mentors. So these are all things that they saw as gaps or things that weren't addressed that should be addressed in the future. So I think you're really clearly illustrating how this research aligned with MOPD's work on mentorship. Like I said, MOPD focuses on promoting equity and inclusion for people with disabilities in the city of Chicago. But we also know from various statistics and various studies from the census that comes out every year that people with disabilities are employed at a much lower rate than people without disabilities. And so in a way to sort of bridge that gap was to pilot this peer mentorship program. Commissioner Rachel Arfa is the highest ranking deaf official in city government. And so she's very passionate about this. And Deputy Commissioner Christina McGleam, they both recognize the importance of peer mentorship at all stages of life. And they've had peer mentors throughout their life. And so they felt it was extremely important to um, engage peer mentorships when seeking in and obtaining employment. MOPD launched the mentorship program in partnership with Microsoft and Aspire in February of 2022. The project paired Microsoft employees with young adults with disabilities seeking careers in tech. Emily's coinciding research revealed no other examples of mentorship programs quite like it, making this three-pronged collaboration between a government body, a company, and a nonprofit organization notably unique. When I disseminated my research, when I kind of laid it all out, I realized that all of the areas that these programs lacked, um, we had accidentally somehow done all of them. We had somehow implemented them far before I ever knew that those were recommendations for future programs. So that was kind of fun knowing that MOPD had done such a good job of building out this program and structuring it and that we were somehow taking from the literature without knowing it, how to improve programs. So that, that was cool for me. Yeah, and I, I know that Aspire's been so proud to team up with MOPD and Microsoft to be a part of this. So let's talk a little bit more about what those impacts were. First off, what are some of the biggest outcomes that you've observed so far? So I think the biggest outcomes were probably that there were social relationships built with their peer mentor and peer mentee, very valuable job skills, and then things that they can use as an actual outcome, like a physical outcome or the resumes, the mock interview skills, all of that. So I think those were probably the biggest outcomes for the mentee and mentor pairs. But I think the biggest outcomes generally are showing that these type of programs can be very successful, even on a volunteer basis. The mentors all volunteered for this position and they were very involved, as well as the mentees that they met more often than they were required to. And so I think 
this program can kind of show how you can bring in all these different sectors, all these different bodies, and produce a really successful program that can lead to employment pathways. I had the chance to meet with one of the mentorship pairs from this program to learn more about the outcomes from their perspective. Hi, my name is Tony Spicato. I work at Microsoft. I'm a principal program manager within the MS Federal side of the business. And I am Anthony Iacovetti, and I am a staging associate at CPT Network Solutions. So I basically uh, set up and configure like devices and, and other kinds of electrical equipment. Anthony and Tony, thank you for being here. When you learned about this opportunity, what was appealing to you about it? Mentorships have always been a priority for me. I've been involved with high-tech industry for 25-plus years now, and every opportunity that I've uh, been given to either talk with kids, students in high school, or folks in college, or, or even uh, young adults that are new to the industry and wanting to figure out how, how do they move forward, how do they continue their, their journey. So when I saw this pop up as an opportunity within email, I, I quickly jumped on it. And Anthony, what about you? What sparked your interest? Well, what had sparked my interest like in this was because I am actually uh, studying for the CompTIA A plus IT exam and to have like a better job like in the IT industry. And so, you know, here was a perfect opportunity to have a foot look in the door. The two of you have really gone above and beyond in terms of you know, meeting with each other far beyond the expectations, you know, of the project and really connecting and having a great relationship. So I'm hoping you can share a little bit about why you think, you know, the two of you have had such success. I think that that it's because, you know, he's so like eager to help out someone and I'm so eager to uh, find that that next step. And, you know, I'm smart and he's smart and, you know, it's just, you know, I think that it's all that combination that is just expanding our interests more and to just like to achieve something. When I first uh, met Anthony, I, you know, we talked about, you know, who he was, what is, what is he, what excites him, what is his interest and that just makes things so much easier and we have a relationship, you know, each of us have a so-called disability that we have to work through. I don't see anything from Anthony or talking with him that he sees that's a limitation in any way. Uh, I, I see a lot of him um, or when I was young and I had, you know, my, my disabilities, for me, it, it actually strengthened my, my perseverance. It, you know, made me really try harder because I knew people when they see uh, me for the first time, my, my disability is, uh, has to do with the way I walk and, and it's always something that you could tell. Folks see that very quickly, but it's always in the back of my mind. And so I really try hard to be sure that, you know, the perception that I give, the, the way I talk, the way I listen is always first and foremost, because that's a big part of, of forming any type of relationships. And I see that with Anthony. There is no hesitation uh, as far as, you know, him wanting to work with me and me wanting to work with him and really get to those next steps. 
all similar, you know, it's, you know, again, he's a very smart guy and, you know, he was able to face like, you know, his vulnerabilities and still work through them. You know, me having Asperger's, I see as a, as a super ability, but it's, my issues come with OCD and uh, the anxiety issues. And so I'm forced to also, you know, face my vulnerabilities, you know, every single day. And it's just both of us who are being forced to, in the end, makes you stronger. You know, so when you're forced to confront something and still have the willpower to, you know, move forward with your dreams and desires, uh, it's just pretty cool. And, I, you know, I think that, you know, me, that, that me and Tony share that. It's really amazing to see that it was such a natural process for you both. And I can hear just in the way you're talking about each other that there is really like a joint empowerment. So I, I'd love to hear maybe some self-discovery examples. Is there anything that you've really started to notice or appreciate about yourself in this process? Yeah, I noticed that it's like even though there's um, the unknown that is always coming up, I feel more comfortable uh, seeping into that and just uh, getting out of my comfort zone and to just, you know, still again, to strive. And it's becoming more and more easier, you know. I always take all these opportunities, whether I'm teaching or I'm learning, there's always something to take away from it. And, you know, working with Anthony, it, it helps me slow down. It helps me make sure what I'm saying makes sense, resonates. And I'm not just, you know, trying to talk things off of a script of what I did before, right? It, that doesn't always make sense with, a, with uh, a new person that I'm talking with or mentoring in, in this case. But it also is going to help me within my day-to-day job as well, too, about how I work and listen with people, whether my peers, whether my boss, whether people that I'm, I work with on a, on a day-to-day basis. So again, I love these opportunities. It's great. When the project comes to the end, you know, do you think you'll stay in touch? So it's going to be an open book for me um, and an and invitation for Anthony to contact me for whatever reason he wants to, because my goal is to, you know, help him grow in every, any way I can to hopefully be successful in, in whatever dreams he wants. And it really gives me an opportunity not to only teach, but also reflect on all the stuff that I've done. You know, we, we forget that. When you're working with uh, younger folks that are doing stuff that you did 25, 30 years ago, it's really a joy to see how all the learnings that I've had, all the mentors that I've had, um, have really helped and shaped me. And so it, it makes me feel very, very good inside that I'm now giving that same um, learnings to, to a person just like I was 25, 30 years ago. So thank you. Of course, you're welcome. <laughs> a similar note, it's uh, thank you for providing me with, um, with these opportunities and, you know, helping me out and make my new resume and basically to get my name out there. So I think um, to just, you know, having you be there, you know, helped me like to expand out, you know, my name and basically like opening up new doors for me. So thank you very much. You're welcome. Definitely. We have more to do. Oh, yeah, of course. (laughs) Finally, we'll hear some of Emily's thoughts on why companies should support employment 
through mentorship. I think that mentorship is important for everyone, people with or without disabilities, especially when you're entering a new field or into a new job, a new position. But I also think it's something that should be implemented universally. I think companies don't realize that employing people with disabilities increases diversity in your workplace. It increases the morale on the job. Employing people with disabilities makes for a better workplace. And so I think companies, um, hopefully based on what we've done, what MOPD and Aspire and Microsoft have done, will start seeing peer mentorship as an important piece for everyone and especially people with disabilities. Thank you to my guests, Emily, Tony, and Anthony, and to Microsoft and MOPD for their partnership. Today marks the final episode of our fourth season of Amplify Inclusion. We look forward to bringing you all new episodes in our next season, kicking off this July. Thank you for your support and for choosing to be a part of the inclusive movement with Aspire. Please stay connected with us at AspireChicago.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Amplify Inclusion. This episode was co-produced and engineered by Subframe Sound. This season was made possible thanks to generous support from the Fred J. Bruner Foundation and members of the Aspire community.